Blog Talk Radio. Here's Galchenia, dancing in, scores! And now it's Gallagher. Gallagher stepping in and shoots, scores! Alex Galchenia, up for the drop, look at it, he's in the line, waiting, scores! This is the Habs 360 Podcast, featured on allhabs.net with your host, Chris G. All right, hi everybody, welcome to episode 189 of the Habs 360 Podcast for this Saturday, December 10th, 2016. My name is Chris G, and you can follow me on Twitter at ChrisG1980. It's a busy episode for the Habs 360 podcast, like it is every week. And I want to remind you that the Habs 360 is the most interactive and informative podcast that you'll find in any of a podcast, not only when it comes to Montreal Canadiens or uh, hockey or sports and, and or anything. Here's the place if you want to learn and if you want to participate as much as you can. Since the last episode, Canadians played three games. They finished their uh, West Coast road trip with uh, two games on the road, 5-4 win over the Los Angeles Kings in the shootout. And then on Tuesday, they lost to the St. Louis Blues by a score of 3-2 in uh, overtime. And then on Thursday, at the Bell Centre, Canadians started the first of their four home game stand by beating New Jersey Devils by a score of 5-2. Canadians playing... The Colorado Avalanche, the Bell Center. So what does this mean for the Canadians when it comes to the standings? Well, it's uh, pretty simple. The Canadians are still first place across the board with a record of 18-6-3. That gives them a total of 39 points. In terms of points, the Rangers have 39 as well, but the Canadians have two games in hand on them. And trailing them right behind are the Chicago Blackhawks as well. The Blackhawks have 38 points, but the Canadians have two games in hand. So when it comes to the battle of first place overall, I'll say it's probably the Pittsburgh Penguins who are probably the closest to the Canadians as they've played 27 games as well, and they're only two points behind the uh, Montreal Canadiens. Our questions of the day. We'll talk about them in details uh, throughout today's episode, but the Canadians had a couple of injuries down the middle with uh, Galchenyuk and Dernay. Our question is, can the Canadians compensate internally or is a trade necessary? You can let us know via Twitter at Habs360 or you can visit the All Habs Facebook page. And we also have a Habs360 poll question which asks, how will the Canadians do during Alex Galchenyuk's absence? He's scheduled to be out of action for six to eight weeks. The options are, well, they're going to win more than lose, so that means over 500. 
they're going to lose more than they're going to win. So below 500, or they're going to be a 500 team, which means they're going to win and lose as many games uh, as they're going to play. So you can vote for the poll question using the Habs360 Twitter account. So joining me now to talk about the the recent injuries that Canadians suffered during the road trip. And, well, lots of action besides the injuries as well when it comes to Montreal Canadiens. Editor-in-chief and owner of the All Habs Network of Sites. You can follow me on Twitter at the All Habs. It's Rick Stevens. So, Rick, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Chris. How are you doing? Great to be here. Good to be here, too. And, well, Rick, I'm glad that you won't be missing for six to eight weeks. So that's always, uh, I guess that's good <laughs> news for most of us. Well, maybe not for you, but... <laughs> well, that's what I said for most of us. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And now it's time for this week's Winners and Losers on Hams 360. And, well, it's time for uh, the Winners and Losers, most popular segment on the Habs 360 podcast and in all of uh, the podcast world. Well, I'm going to go first with the Canadians. And I, we spoke about very briefly about the Canadians' injuries at the uh, top of the show. So the Canadians uh, suffered three significant injuries this week. Alex Galchenyuk and uh, David Dagne, who are out for a period of six to eight weeks. And as well, Craig Patterson, who is also out for a period of eight weeks. So the reason why I'm putting the Canadians as as our winners, I don't know exactly who in the Montreal Canadiens organization makes these decisions. Is it Mark Bergevin? Is it Jeff Molson? Is it uh, uh, Donat Beauchamp? So whoever that is, and we know the Canadians do listen. So whoever is responsible, you know, take, pat yourself on the back as we're talking about you. So we had details. We had the length of the injuries. We didn't get the generic upper body, lower body injury. We know it's a knee. We know it's a, um, a fractured ankle. We, we know everything. Did the Canadians provide this kind of little more details than he did based on the fans and media reaction from last season following the Carey Price injury? If they did, if that's the reason, good for them, good for the Canadians to listening to, uh, to their fan base. Mark Bergevin, following last season in his post-mortem, he was asked about the, the level of details that the Canadians provide when it comes to injuries. And he said that the policy is his and it won't change and don't expect it to change. And even Michel Terrier this week in one of his press conferences, he mentioned that the Canadians are always as transparent as they could be when it comes to uh, to injuries. That being said, in the beginning of the season, Carey Price, he was out with the flu, lasted what he missed uh, the beginning of the season, was it 5-6, whatever games that he missed the beginning of the season. Almotor did a great job uh, to replace him, but a lot of people were wondering, like, wow, like this is a, a long flu. So is this policy applied only to Carey Price or does it apply to all of the uh, Montreal Canadiens? But at the same time, Alex Galchenyuk, he's uh, probably the best player, at least in the team after Carey Price and maybe even Shea Weber. So, Rick, uh, what were your thoughts on the Canadians providing this 
amount of details? Do you think it's based on what they've learned, or do you think it's just uh, a coincidence? And maybe last year they were they weren't covering up; they just didn't know what was going on. Well, I, I'm you know it's hard to pinpoint, but if they didn't know what was was going on exactly, then that's a level of incompetence that um, it's their business to know, and and. I, I really think that that uh, Mark Bergevin not going out and getting um, a, 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 goal, a proper goalie um, really, really hurt the, the team. Um, it was clear in December that he needed – and you, I, a year ago, I was on this program saying, you know, they, they had to go after um, uh, a, a starting goaltender. And uh, so if, if – I, I tend to think that that they were, um, uh, you know, not releasing uh, the 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 uh, information to the public, and I understand that. I mean, there's a whole side to this that I do understand. The whole the whole secrecy thing, I do understand. First and foremost, you want to protect the players. Um, look at what happened with uh, Max Pacioretty. They didn't say anything throughout the month of of November. Uh, it's come out now that. He had a broken foot, at least a hairline fracture. Uh, and, and, you know, it, it probably would have calmed the media down in, in their attacks, or maybe it wouldn't, on Pacioretty by saying, listen, he's playing injured. But it was, would also open him up to um, that, that foot being targeted um, by the opposition. That's the nature of the NHL. So I understand a certain amount of this secrecy. I also understand that if, if – um, Bergevin is wanting to make a move. He doesn't want to give all his cards away. He doesn't want to uh, let other teams know how, how desperate he might be. Um, but that's, that's a, that's a fine line because in today's NHL, you know, and the number of, of uh, replays and the number of scouts and the number of, it's, it's pretty hard to, um, you know, truly hide your situation. Um, so, uh, you know, like you, I, I, I appreciate that they've, they are being, uh, a little more honest. I, I think, I think it's their credibility took a big hit last year. Bergevin personally, um, you know, his reputation as a, a general manager took a hit, not only, uh, amongst fans, but around the league for the way that, that, that situation, the Carey Price situation was handled, um, I, I don't. I I would hope that they wouldn't argue that, that they botched it badly. That there there should be no question about that. Um, so I think that's that's why they they have made the change this year. Uh, it's refreshing. It's um, you know there's there's still a bit of a um, a game going on. As I said, they didn't say anything about Patcheretti. They're coming uh, clean with Galchenyuk and Paterin and uh, and Deharnay now. And that's that's all a good thing. So, the 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 goal I think is to find kind of a healthy balance that's going to protect the players, that's going to protect your organization, but at least allow you to be credible as an organization. And in Bergevin's case, as a general manager. But I think when it comes to Max Pacioretty, I'm not going to hold that against the Montreal Canadiens, and the reason is because Pacioretty was still playing; he didn't miss any action. So when so then I'm okay because then, you know, if they would have said he had a fracture or anything, 
then for sure the opposing players would have targeted. Where the difference is for Galchenyuk, Diagne, Padron, and Price from last year, they weren't playing. So I think in those situations, they could have been a little more uh, transparent. So, so for those reasons is why I give the Canadians my winners of the week or whoever made this decision to be a little bit more uh, transparent. So, Rick, why don't you tell us who your winner is? My winner of the week, I, you know what? I almost, I almost put uh, Arturi Lekin in. I, again, he's had a tremendous week. Um, and, uh, but, you know, we, we spoke about him last week, but he's, he's really doing an amazing job creating scoring chances uh, for his, his line mates, no matter what line he happens to be on. Um, but once Canadians met the Devils, uh, and Carey Price sent his his message. Um, there was no question who the winner of the week was for me. It was Carey Price. Um, that was that was a, a, you know some of the some of the reporters are saying, oh, he went all Ron Hextall. In fact, somebody asked him about that. Uh, oh, have you watched any Ron Hextall videos uh, lately? Um, which he said no um i i think you're missing uh, those reporters are missing the point hexall went nuts he had he went crazy and he had the tongue sticking out he, he just lost it carrie price this was very different this was very different he was clearly sending a message um before the game michelle Terrian spoke to his team and said this is a statement game uh, we're, you know, we're down a couple of centers. This is a statement game. And they came out and had an okay first period, but nothing, you know, spectacular. But once that incident happened and once Kerry, was, Kerry Price sent his message, the team, um, they responded. And, and it was, a, you know, Kerry sent the message and the team supported it. Um, it was, it was outstanding. Um, Kerry, I mean, he's been, he's been through uh, a, a difficult time with people running him. With uh, you know, we all remember the Chris Kreider incident. Um, we we look back to last season and his knee injury. Um, goaltenders are being run, and Kerry Price had had enough. It's not just not just that a goal might be scored that happened that happened on the you know care price was already uh, ran in that game uh, Adam Henrique on the first goal uh, pasted him into the back of the net goal was allowed Kerry price agreed that that it should have been allowed but he also thought that a penalty uh, uh, goaltender interference should have been called um, as he said after the game, the, the league is not protecting the goaltenders. Um, he, 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 his quote was that he got ran over on the first goal, so he wasn't going to take another one and got fired up. Um, him going after Kyle Palmieri, and Kyle Palmieri has a reputation, and Kyle Palmieri did nothing to avoid Carey Price. Um, some are blaming uh, Petrie for a shove. Uh, Petrie had his. Uh, Petrie doesn't isn't that kind of player. Uh, Petrie had his hand on his shoulder, but Palmieri was in control. He was on his skates the entire time until the point of impact. 
He went at him, skates first, took the legs out from under uh, Carey Price, and Price um, got up and delivered several blows with his blocker. Um, you know, these incidents um, are around the league, not only for Carey Price, but burned in, in our, you know, in, in our uh, memories are the Chris Crider incident taking out Carey Price and now this Kyle Palmieri incident. Um, Carey got uh, assessed the, the two minutes for roughing, which the, the Canadians gladly killed. Um, but after that incident, the Canadians were all over the devils. They, they outshot them 38, 13. Um, so Carey sent his message to, uh, Kyle Palmieri. He sent his message to the devils. He sent his message to his teammates. He sent his message to referees and he sent his message to Gary Bettman and the rest of the NHL uh, management uh, saying, wake up, something's got to be done to protect goaltenders in the league. Um, Price, the usually calm, unshakable Carey Price, sent this deafening message around the league. Everybody heard it. Everybody saw it. Uh, everybody had an opinion on it. But I think I, 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 I would bet that it's a topic that comes up at the next general manager uh, meetings. Um, and rightly so. It's something that um, has gone unattended to far too long. All right, let's hear the carrier price quotes following the game. Uh, I don't know. Just, uh, I got ran over in the first goal, so you know, I figured I wasn't going to take another one. So, you know, just uh, got tired up, I guess. Well, that's, uh, that seems to be the nature of the league now. It's uh, go to the net, run the goalie over, and score a goal. So, you know, just got to stick up for yourself every once in a while. Well, there's no penalties being given anymore. Um, you know, guy gets run over, there's no goalie interference calls anymore. It's either, you know, it just seems to be only called on a goal. So that's just my opinion of it. So that's it, Carey Price following the game against the New Jersey Devils. I have nothing against what Carey Price did. Maybe there was uh, one or two or three or maybe even four extra punches <laughs> that he gave to uh, to, Palmi- to Palmieri. But, you know, he wanted to deliver a message. He was fed up of, of being run over. It happened, like Rick mentioned, on the first goal. He's probably remembering what happened with, um, with Kreider a couple of seasons ago. In, uh, in the postseason, so he just let it out. Who knows? He could be frustrated about different things. And, well, let's hear what uh, the coach thought of uh, the incident after the game. I thought he showed a lot of leadership. You know, at time you got to stand up for yourself. This is what he did. And uh, they were attacking the net, and even on the first goal, uh, that uh, the decision, the referee and the, uh, the coach's challenge, we, we totally not agree. Uh, but you know what? They, uh, even if you ask the players to stand up for the goalie, man, I thought, I thought Carey react really quick. And um, this is a guy who's always, always calm. And uh, when he stand up for himself, you know that uh, um, something wrong was happening. And... Uh, you show leadership as far as I'm concerned. And well, when you something like that happens, you probably think about, you know, when I go home, what is my wife, what is my kid going to think about it? 
Well, Angela Price, she was on Breakfast TV Montreal uh, the following morning, and she was asked uh, for her comment on uh, what happened in the game against the Devils. Well, I love it. I think I'm like the rest of the fans, and he always seems so calm and collected that it's kind of fun to see him get fired up and stand up for himself. So I loved every second of it. So there you go, Rick. When Price went home, he he was uh, he went back to a happy home. It sounds like it. <laughs> <laughs> and it so, sounds like his his uh, his coach was happy with him as well. Exactly. It's hard not to be happy with uh, Carey Price, except uh, when the Canadians lose a game, that's when you find uh, the haters, especially on the social media. So so good job for Carey Price for being uh, a winner of the week. So now let's move on to our losers. Uh, my loser will be on the same play that uh, we were just talking about with, uh, with Carey Price. And while Rick mentioned that some people wanted Jeff Peachy to react differently, uh, when that happened, and well, I'm one of those people, so I'm going to name Jeff Petrie as my loser of the week. When your goalie, especially the your number one goalie, you know what happened last season when Carey Price missed the entire season? When he gets run over like that, the only thing Jeff Petrie was doing was just grabbing his, uh, his Palmieri's jersey and he's looking at what was going on at the rest of the play. Or I guess you could say maybe he was holding Palmieri down so Carey Price can give him a couple of extra rip shots. Who knows? But I think in those kind of things, it should be players like Jeff Petrie or any other player. Uh, when I say players like Jeff Petrie, I mean players that aren't nice is what I meant by players like Petrie. Uh, should have been the one delivering the message. Because even after when Price stopped punching Palmieri, there was a whole melee in front of the net. Even Lovejoy came and had jumped on Carey Price. So if Jeff Petrie would have at least given him a punch or do something, he could have prevented uh, all, um, could have prevented at least all of it or most of it. So for me, that's why Jeff Petrie is my loser of the week. Next time, you know what? Stick up for your goaltender. I, I, I don't disagree with you. Um, I think... Uh, Tarion mentioned in the clip that you played that it happened so quick. He was kind of defending the fact that his, his players uh, didn't go in. And I, I think it kind of took everybody by surprise, um, Petrie included. Um, now, having said that, if, if Shea Weber was on the ice, would it have happened the same way? Not a chance. Uh, Shea Weber would have grabbed him and, and, <laughs> and pummeled him. Uh, Petrie's not that kind of guy, so I guess he deserves some criticism. I guess I will give him the benefit of the doubt in, again, saying that, that he was somewhat surprised by it. But you also notice that um, in his own way, uh, Petrie was trying to protect Carey Price because he saw Carey was, was you know hammering him, and I think he wanted to protect him from um, from not being ejected from the game. So Petrie grabbed his jersey and was dragging him, dragging Palmieri away from Carey Price as he was, as Carey was delivering the blocker shots. So I, I, like I say, I, I, I have some, um, I can give the benefit of the doubt to Petrie there. I'll, uh, I'll take the other side of this. Um, but I think, I think because Carey's so, so calm, everybody was, was surprised. I didn't like, as you said, the melee afterwards. And it was Camilleri that, that came in, grabbed Kerry, the back of Kerry's jersey, and jerked him back. 
Um, I really didn't like that. Um, unfortunately, Markov was the one. And Markov, Markov did what he had to do. But I would have liked to have seen someone uh, take on Camilleri at that point. And when it comes to the penalty, uh, just to wrap up on, on this specific topic, Kerry Price got minor. There was a rule that was circulating that uh, he could have been ejected, Kerry Price could have been ejected for the game. Honestly, if that would have happened as well, I think I would have been okay with it, but the referees decided uh, otherwise. So, Rick, why don't you tell us who is, who, are your, who is your loser of the week? My losers of losers of the week are um, Michelle Terrian and Mark Bergevin. And uh, that goes to the situation that the Canadians find themselves in right now. Um, they were weak at center in the summer. Um, Mark Bergevin made other moves, some very good moves, um, but he uh, did not make a move to uh, shore up his center and, and in fact weakened that position by trading Lars Eller. Um, Michelle Terrian probably he, he's lumped in because he deserves some, uh, some blame here too, because he probably made the case that, Hey, we will be okay with David Dearnay. Um, and he's been terrible this season. So, uh, and, and Terrian's decision at the beginning of the season to, to dispatch Mike McCarron to, um, uh, St. John's, um, and not give him the benefit of 20 plus games uh, before this situation happened before. And now McCarron's coming up and, um, and it's, he's tossed into the, into the fire. Uh, it would have been much better had he been playing um, the, and preparing himself rather than being stuck in St. John's. So for those reasons, uh, I know we're going to talk about the, that whole center situation, uh, the middle of the ice of, about the Canadians uh, in the next segment. But for that, those reasons, I'm going to give the loser of the week to uh, Terrian and Bergevin. It's uh, hard to disagree for, for when it comes to Bergevin, uh, for the lack of depth in the team. He's the one that's responsible to go and getting players for the Montreal Canadiens. And I think they were probably expecting not only uh, more from Davnet. They're probably expecting more from uh, Thomas Plekanec as well. And well, that's not uh, happening either. And when it comes to Michel Terrier, like I've said, uh, like I've said in previous episodes, and even from last season, he plays the players that uh, he has on hand. I'm sure he he has some say when it comes to the players, but when it comes to the players themselves, uh, Mark Bergevin uh, makes the uh, final decision. So we're going to take our first break here on the Half 360 podcast. Like Rick mentioned, coming up on the other side, we'll talk about the Canadians down the middle. What's the solution for the next uh, eight weeks? You can also let us know via Twitter at Habs360 and visit the All Habs Facebook page. Stay with us. This is the Habs 360 podcast featured on allhabs.net. For the most trusted source of news, analysis, and features about the Montreal Canadiens, their affiliates, and their prospects. Log in to allhabs.net, your year-round resource for anything Habs-related. That's allhabs.net. If you missed a recent episode of the Habs 360 podcast, visit the podcast page on allhabs.net or search Habs 360 on iTunes for our archives. Want to make sure you never miss another episode? 
Subscribe to Hubs 360 on iTunes and all new episodes will automatically download for you. In every city around the world, sports fans flock to popular watering holes to share a few pints, some good grub, and to cheer for their team. Think your favorite sports bar deserves to be recognized? Or are you traveling to a new place and need to find the perfect spot to watch a game? HockeyPub.com is the answer. Find out where the best spots are in your city to eat, drink, and meet fellow fans. HockeyPub.com Hams 360 is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. In addition to building a worldwide network of sports fans, the team at RSM is also dedicated to mobilizing the sports community in ways that make a difference in the lives of others. Giving back to the community bridges the gap between team affiliations. It's something any fan can support. RSM proudly provided support for organizations and projects like Hockey Fights Cancer, Five Hole for Food, the Montreal Canadiens Children's Foundations, Autism Speaks, Leukemia and Lymphoma Society of Canada, and the People of Canada Portrait Project, just to name a few. If you would like to be involved with a Rocket Power project or have a worthy fundraising initiative you'd like us to be part of, please contact us at rocketsportsmedia.com. This is the Habs 360 podcast, featured on allhabs.net. Yeah, you know what? That's part of the adversity. I've been in the NHL for such a long year, so many years, and um, every year you get different adversity, and this year is different. You know, we lost two sentiment for uh, what we're talking about 68 weeks with uh, the Arnais and Galchenyuk. Um, but for us, you know what? We believe that uh, we have to keep playing the right way, the same way. Uh, we're a team that. Uh, and we want to play with pace, and um, even if we're missing some guys, but guys going to be on the ice, going to have to do their, their job to make sure we maintain that pace. All right, it's episode 189 of the Habs 360 podcast for the Saturday, December 10th, 2016. My name is Chris G. You can follow me on Twitter at ChrisG1980, along with Rick Stevens from allhabs.net. So the adversity we just heard here from uh, Michel Terrier, Canadians, with uh, three key, with three injuries that were announced this week following the uh, Canadians' West Coast road trip, Alex Galchenyuk and David Dernay are both out with uh, knee injuries. They'll be out for a period of six to eight weeks, and uh, Craig Patterson will be out for eight weeks with a fractured ankle. And no disrespect to Craig Patterson, but we'll be focusing mostly on uh, the losses of Alex Galchenyuk and David Dernay. And when I saw those two injuries, the two centers, I was thinking, oh, my God, are the Canadians going through a, a Carey Price situation where last year Carey Price got hurt? And, well, we all know what happened uh, next. Like they say, the rest is history. And for last season, it literally was historic, the downfall that the Montreal Canadiens did. Uh, let's hear Max Pacioretty. This is prior to the game against the St. Louis Blues on the loss of Alex Galchenyuk. 
I know when uh, a guy like Galchenyuk goes down, we're going to need people to, spe to step up, especially through the middle. So, um, you know, it's going to be a big challenge, but I think guys are ready to prove that we have the depth in this organization that uh, we feel we have. So Max Patre talking about depth there, you know, he, he can't say he's the opposite. He can't say that, you know what, we're, we're going to be in trouble now. GM go get us another, another player. But he did come out Thursday night with a, a strong game against the New Jersey Devils, a 5-2 win. But Rick, now as we're talking for when it comes to Galchenyuk and Dernay, at least six weeks or so six to eight weeks, the Canadians have what it takes internally to survive the next eight weeks? Or do you think Mark Bergevin right now needs to go make a trade to uh, try to compensate for the two losses? I, you know, I, I would say no to both. Um, that's, that's the real difficulty here. And, and where, you know, the reason I, I chose the way I did last, uh, last segment, um, it's a terrible time to make a trade, terrible time. You're going to pay an awful lot, um, extra than, than Bergeron would have, would have had to give a, uh, give up in the summer. It's just an awful time to make a trade. Um, and your your options are so much more limited. Um, but do they have, you know, the, the, uh, the players internally to, to backfill? Well, maybe they would have, but, but um, you know, Mike McCarron has played his, his entire season so far in the AHL. Um, after having such a, he was dominant in the, in the preseason from the rookie camp right through to Habs training camp, he won the, th the third line center position. And then he was tossed down to um, the, uh, the St. John's ice caps and, and it affected him. He, you know, he, um, he was suspended for a couple games. He had an injury for a few games. Um, it's, it's really affected his play. He played exceptionally well last night coming back after missing two games um, he, he got a goal, but he was in on all the goals. He had eight shots on goal last night. He was terrific, but he would have benefited from being in the Canadians lineup all season, having earned that, that position coming out of camp. So I, you know, they're in a real tough spot right now because they, you know, they, uh, Bergevin didn't shore up the weakness down the middle and Tarion hasn't, allowed the players to develop to, to fill in that position. Um, you know, part of it, you, you correctly mentioned that, that need more from Thomas Buchanan. And having said that he played one of his best games. Uh, he, he's the last couple of games, actually, he's been much, much better, but let me ask that, that question that nobody's asking and do they miss Lars Eller? Um, was that a bad move when, when you are already small up the middle to, to uh, move a guy who has size, who has skill, um, who's a talented skater, a tremendous possession uh, player. You may be, nobody's paying attention to Lars Eller. And, and, you know, I wish Lars Eller all the, the best in, in with the Capitals this year. Um, but do did you know that he is one of the top possession players in the NHL right now? He's top 10 in, in possession numbers right now among 
uh, right up there with Bergeron, Kopitar, Crosby. He's not putting up the offensive numbers. But the, but the point is, Lars Eller last year or in previous years has, would take part of the defensive load from, uh, from Thomas Buchanan's. Um, Thomas Buchanan's right now has to go up against all of the, um, the opposition's best centers. At least that was being split. So is there an explanation for the fact that Thomas Buchanan's doesn't have his, uh, has, has poor scoring numbers this year? Maybe there is. And I understand, uh, you know, Tarion, Tarion, Darren is terrible defensively. Uh, Dan O is weak right now. His game, his defensive game is, is evolving. Uh, so all the load falls to, to uh, Thomas Buchanan's. And I think, I think the, the absence of Lars Eller as, as crazy as some people would find that uh, is, is partly, partly to, to, to uh, explains the difficulties that Kansas have. I understand he's had chances. He's missed them. His confidence doesn't seem to be, be there. I acknowledge all that, but also in part of that list to explain the play from Thomas Buchanan's is, is the absence of Lars Heller. So Rick, I think you're crazy. Uh, when it comes to, <laughs> I know, uh, I know you do. <laughs> when it comes to Lars Heller, I agree that, you know, it probably has an impact on uh, Thomas uh, and it's you know maybe it's preventing him from getting a couple more, couple more points. But if we would look Lars Eller right now with these current injuries to the Montreal Canadiens, with uh, Galchenyuk not uh, without with David Arnev not playing as well, would would Lars Eller help offensively? Like I, I'm, I'm I know Lars Eller, he's great defensively. We have Plekanec who could do that job right now. But if I, when it comes to the offense, I don't think that Lars Eller would uh, would help the Montreal Canadiens right now in this kind of uh, in situation. Uh, I, I'm just saying that that missing Eller is is part of the puzzle. It's part of the puzzle, and they did nothing to. You either go out and get somebody to to fill in there, or you develop. You develop, um, and. I'm, I'm going to leave Dayarnay right off the list. I don't think Dayarnay, yeah, he's going to be missing for, for the next six or eight weeks. He's been missing since the beginning of the season. Let's talk about, we've talked about Placanitz's lack of offense. What about Dayarnay's? He's been pitiful. We talked about last week his, his two chip-ins, uh, his goals. He has three goals, six assists, nine points. Of his six assists, do you know how many are were primary assists? One. Just one. Again, he's the king of padding his points, the king of secondary assists, the king of happening to being on the ice when other players do good things. He has five secondary assists. He's been terrible this season. And 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 again, that's Terrian wanted. DRNA in that third slot, the third center slot, rather than Mike McCarron. I think it was a big mistake. And right now, uh, it's, it's going to be tough on McCarron and uh, Deno and, and everybody who's asked to fill in, um, given that, that, that DRNA was occupying that slot for the first uh, quarter of the season. Uh, I'm not going to dispute that David because I, I totally ag- agree that you know his time. We're, we're seeing his final moments with the Montreal Canadiens this season. I I would be shocked if he does come back. 
when it comes to the next player, uh, Canadians acquiring a player to or develop a player to become a next Barzeller, I think that's what the acquisition of Phil Dano was last season. And even, if I remember correctly, I think it was at a post-mortem where Mark Benjamin was asked the, the fact that uh, Phil Dano was acquired, so it must have been after the draft then, that uh, Larzella was available because of Dano, and he said yes. So that just shows that that's what Bergevin's intention uh, was with the acquisition of, uh, of Phil Dano. And when it comes to Michael McCarron, I agree that if he would have started the season off with the Montreal Canadiens right now, he'd be able to, um, to help out more the team, have a bigger impact during the absence of Alex Galchenyuk. But even if he was here from day one of the regular season, like no way... Like we would be able to expect him to replace Alex Galchenyuk as a team's uh, number one center either. No, but is that no, what the I expectation agree. would be? Okay. So I, yeah. No. 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 Idea. No. I'm. I'm not. No. I'm not saying he. No. I'm just saying that it it helps your your depth. It. Uh, Plakanitz is the only one uh, who can move in and and replace Galchenyuk uh, right now, um, mm-hmm. and. You know, I'd I'd like to see them better use Lekkonen, um in 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 a role somehow with Radulov and um, and uh, I, I um, like I say I I think it's a puzzle I think it's a puzzle and and right now the Canadians are short some pieces and that had to do with the way they they planned that they didn't go out and get somebody or they didn't effectively develop what they had in house. Yeah, so I agree. I think the Canadians, like, they, they do need a trade, but it's not the time to do it. So I guess I'm saying that, no, that uh, I, I'm agreeing with Rick indirectly. So that's what, Uh-oh. I guess, upsetting me right now. Because <laughs> <laughs> if they do it right now, they'll have to overpay because they know that the Canadians are, would be desperate. Now, we've inside Thursday night game at the Bell Center. There was 20 scouts at the game. So they were saying... Uh, members from the media that this is the most that they've seen at the Bell Center that the people even had to stand up. There was representatives from Dallas, Vegas. Okay, Vegas were there for other reasons, of course. The Ducks, Carolina, the Blackhawks, the Devils, Nashville, Tampa Bay, Columbus, Vancouver, Arizona, San Jose, Buffalo, LA, and Calgary. So it's a lot of teams that were in town on Thursday, and I'm sure a lot of them had to do with no, let's go check out the Canadians in, ca- in case uh, Bergevin gives them uh, a call to uh, for a player or two. And players that will need to step up, you know, uh, Max Pacioretty, we, we saw, we found out what the reason was that maybe he wasn't playing as well recently just because he had the hairline fracture. And while the last three games, Max Pacioretty has scored three goals. So are we going to see now that he's healed? The, carry, the, the the Max Pacioretty that we know, the Max Pacioretty that scores 35 to 40 goals. If that's the case, this would be the time right now where he needs to get hot to get back into that pace that he is uh, able to score. We mentioned Plekanec. He had a good, he played good the last couple of games, so he needs to uh, to keep it up as well. Brendan Gallagher, he hasn't uh, produced offensively, so he'll need to step it up as well. And when it comes to uh, Alex Radulov, well, he needs to continue doing how he's been he's been playing. And well, if all these guys are successful or and they step it up and they produce, the Canadians, I think, will manage well during the uh, six to eight week absence of uh, Galchenyuk and uh, David Dernier. 
All right, so what do you think? Our question, well, it's uh, pretty obvious. We've been talking about it for this segment. With the injuries at center, can the Canadians compensate internally, or is a trade necessary? You can let us know via Twitter at Habs360, and you can visit the All Habs Facebook page. And you can also give us a call at one 877 Now is the time to call. And also don't forget the Habs360 poll question. How will the Canadians do during the uh, Galchenyuk absence? Will they play more, better than 500, under 500, or 500? Stay with us. This is the Habs 360 podcast featuring allhabs.net. I bet you enjoy sporting your best Habs jerseys, dressing up your kids and pets in the cutest Habs gear, and showing off your decked out hockey cave or fanning. Well, don't just show your friends. Show your Habs. The team at All Habs wants you to boast your finest pictures for our global network of Montreal Canadiens fans. Include the hashtag ShowYourHabs when posting your fan photos on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Then log on to ShowYourHabs.com to see your entries, along with photos and posts from Habs fans all over the world. A proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. Hi, I'm Chris G. The Habs 360 podcast and Anthony from R2Canvas.com are pleased to announce the return of the Habs contest this season. The contest will run during every Habs home game in the regular season and will give you the opportunity to win a great prize courtesy of R2Canvas.com. Listen to the Habs 360 podcast and follow Habs 360 and Habs Happy on Twitter for more details. And for high-quality canvas art at a reasonable price, visit R2Canvas.com. Good luck. If you're a business owner looking for the perfect platform to reach a targeted audience of customers, Rocket Sports Media is the solution. Our global hockey community provides unmatched social media reach to an attentive demographic of sports and entertainment fans. We can provide visibility to your company, helping you to engage and leverage this prime group of potential clientele. In addition, we also offer sponsorship opportunities for fan events and featured areas of website content, giving you name and logo recognition. Visit rocketsportsmedia.com to contact us for further details and information regarding this unique marketing opportunity. This is the Habs 360 podcast, featured on allhabs.net. All right, welcome back. It's episode 189 of the Habs 360 podcast for this Saturday, December 10th, 2017. My name is Chris G. You can follow me on Twitter at ChrisG1980. And along with me is Rick Stevens, editor-in-chief and owner of the All Habs Network of Sites. So our question of the week for today's episode with the injuries at center, so obviously we're talking about uh, Alex Galchenyuk at six to eight weeks and uh, David Dernay. Can the Montreal Canadiens compensate internally or is a trade necessary? You can also let us know what your thoughts on um, on this question or anything Montreal Canadiens related by reaching us at one eight seven seven four five five forty nine forty five, and you'll get more than the thirty seconds that you get when you call in to a, uh, a sports radio station. So let's begin with the Twitter. Our first tweet comes from uh, Anthony Stewart. He writes from uh, Quebec City. 
trade will only happen if it will help the team. Habs have a good core group. So thank you for the tweet, Anthony. So Anthony is a confidence with the Canadians' uh, current uh, situation. Next tweet comes from uh, Blaine Podvin, staff member uh, from uh, allhabs.net. Habs will need a, a second center upgrade to go deep in the playoffs, but shouldn't make trades just because of injury too easy to overpay. So thank you for the tweet, uh, Blaine. Next tweet comes from Gino in Laval. Gino writes, we need a number two center for a long time. It's just now we really need one. Wave David Dernay once he returns. Duchesne, McKinnon, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, uh, Huberdeau, any or more of these would be great. So thank you for the tweet, Gino. But, you know, Canadians need to have some assets to get these kind of players. They need to trade somebody back. So easier said than done. And like I mentioned in the last segment, I think it's uh, right now, if the Canadians do that, they will definitely uh, overpay. Next week comes from Jose. Jose writes, short term, they do fine, but we're talking about a month and a half. They need a second line center regardless, so go for it now. So thank you for the tweet, Jose. But based on your tweet, what I will actually do is I will actually wait for them to come back. If they're going to do fine, it's let them do fine during the six to eight weeks. And when when they come back, the other GMs, they're gonna, the, the asking price won't be as high, and you do the trade at that time, and then hope for a long playoff run for the Canadians. So thank you for the tweet, uh, Jose. So here, uh, Rick, on Twitter, it seems that you know fans are a little, uh, I guess, mix. Some want to trade, some say, you know, stick with it. How does it look on the Facebook? Uh, let me see on Facebook. We have uh, Jason Corville who says they definitely have guys in the AHL that can be moved up and given a chance like McCarron. Well, McCarron is going to get his chance. Um, although, you know, he may start on the fourth line and have to work his way up. Um, but thanks for that, Jason. Another Jason, this is Jason Broussard says, I would say compensate internally if there wasn't so many injuries on the farm tra- team. But with all the injuries down there, I believe Bergevin will have to do something. Time is now for the Habs. They should make a huge deal and set themselves up. Um, there, there have been injuries uh, with the ice caps right now. Um, Nikita Sherback is, is, is injured. Um, Charles Houdon, who was injured in Montreal, is back there, and he played last night. McCarron, who was injured, played last night and is called up. So the uh, and Sherback should be back in a week or so. So the, the injuries are, are, um, are clearing themselves up. Uh, Emily Sinclair says, trade, get a big forward, two more big defensemen. Do it. Do it. Go Habs, go. Uh, so she's got a big shopping list there. Thanks, Emily. Um, Shane Michael says, don't think there's any need for panic, yet they held their own pretty well against the Devils. Um, Bert Sokobi says, trade, get a big power forward. Hansel would be a good fit. Uh, Hansel seems to be a popular choice. And and maybe um, that's more of a possibility now that that, uh, the Coyote Arizona acquired uh, Peter Holland from from the Leafs this week. We have Rob uh, Cotter. I, I don't understand this one. Let's ask the teams what they would, if they'll go along with this thought process. Okay, thanks, Rob. 
Uh, Jeremy Lamoureux says, um, focus on the AHL. Keep our cap room for playoff trades in case we need something uh, to win this thing this year. We have a solid team and give third and fourth liners a a time to uh, shine. Jason Farrarn says, I am not approving any trades. And as we know, all trades have to go through Jason Farrarn. So none are happening. Robert LeBlanc says, trade Plecky. Uh, Bruce Sanders says, Darnay plays his best game of the year and then gets hurt. I'm, I'm sorry, Bruce. Darnay, when, when, when he, he made his first hit of the, the game, it was, it was a bad choice. He went up against Bo Meester to try it. It was awkward, and he got injured in that play. But before he went out, he had zero goals, zero assists, zero shots and 22% in the face-off circle. Um, but Bruce goes on to say, Placanic scores one nice goal in 23 games, and everyone believes he's ready to break out. Um, this is a long one. So he goes on and says that uh, basically there's no hope. Uh, <laughs> strength down the center is not uh, the Montreal Canadiens right now, is his conclusion. And that's, uh, that's, that's, that's the general sense we have from uh, from Facebook. Yeah, so you can still join the conversation at uh, Habs360. And like we mentioned, Rick, and it's hard it's for the Canadians to make a decision whether or not now's the time to trade. In a perfect world right now, Bergevin shouldn't trade and rely on what the team has on its depth to, um, you know, to get things going. But then, based on last year, if the Canadians go on a, on a losing uh, streak where they lose three, four, or five games, then it's going to be the temptation's going to get even. Uh, it's going to be there for Bergevin to try to pull a move to do something, and the pressure is going to come from uh, the fan base as well. Well, it's funny you mentioned you mentioned last year and the historic collapse in December last year. Truly historic. Um, it it kind of started on December 3rd and uh, the Canadians said uh, they had just played 26 games at a record of 19, four and three top of the league. Um, And that was the first game against the Washington Capitals at the bell center that Michelle Terrian reunited David Darnay and Max Pacioretty on the top line. That was the first time in the season because remember, uh, there was the third line of, of Darnay and, and Fleischman and Weiss. Um, so that was the first game. And then they went and had a horrific, um, horrific December um, from there on in. Uh, they lost 11 times in, in December. Well, fast forward a, a year and almost the same time at the 26 game mark that um, once again, for the very first time in the season against the blues, Darnay was reunited with Max Pacioretty. Um, now a, a, a diff- it's going to be a different outcome because uh, Darnay uh, got injured in that game, but it was just rather curious um, to me that, that there was that, there was that pattern happening. And so it's understandable that people started thinking, Oh, here we, here we go again. So we'll keep an eye for sure. It will give us something to talk about over the uh, the next six to eight weeks here on uh, the Habs 360 podcast. Uh, we've got a couple of messages as well on uh, the Carey Price. Um, 
the Carey Price KO is what I, what I call it. First message comes from uh, Bessie, loyal listener in uh, Toronto. Uh, Bessie writes, I don't think Palmieri did anything wrong, but it's fine. Price was upset about it. I'm cool with that, but I'm not cool with him wailing on the guy with his glove. So uh, thank you for the message, Bessie. So, you know, Rick, you mentioned that he has a, a reputation of being that kind of a player, but it's when I've watched the replay several, several uh, times, and you can watch it on the Yahab's Facebook uh, page uh, as well. It's still up there. He didn't, you could tell like he didn't give an effort to try to avoid Carey Price, but I'm not ready to say either that uh, it was, that it was intentional as well. It was interesting the the, the following game that the Devils played. Palmieri didn't go within 10 feet of the crease the entire game. Not, not even close. If, if players are, as Kerry said after the game, if players are, are going to be called for goaltender interference, and particularly players like Palmieri who has a reputation, um, the coaches are going to start getting on their backs if they're, taking, if they're putting their team down. Uh, I, I think that, that Palmieri would have, you know, he was, he was uh, steered to the outside by, by uh, Petrie. And, and Petrie kind of had an arm on him, but, I mean, didn't really affect him. He cut right across the front of the crease. If he keeps going straight, he, may be, he might brush uh, Price. He might, but he, if you watch the replay, particularly the one, the, the one from the back, he um, goes right into he goes right in and takes the legs out. I don't think that happens if the the if the officials are calling that um, on a regular basis. I I really don't. Um, and I I you know um, you mentioned that on last week's show the revelation that you couldn't skate. These guys are pretty good skaters. They're in pretty good controls of their body. Um, they can do amazing things when they want to, when they're trying to deke a goalie. Palmieri had, had the opportunity and he, and he chose not to because as Kerry has, was alluding to, there's no consequences. There's no consequences for crashing the, the goaltender. Kerry sent a message that from now on, there's going to be consequences to guys who crash the crease and come in, in uh, to take him out. And one more tweet that we got in regards to Carrie Price. It's from David Olinger in Grand Prairie, Alberta. He writes, Price shouldn't take matters in his own hands, but league encourages running goalies. The NHL wants more offense, so it is fine with the crashing into goalies. So, so thank you for the tweet, David. So for sure the league wants more goals, injuring their star players. I'm not sure they're they're crazy about that uh, either. So so thank you very much for the tweet, uh, David. Listen up. It's time for some bad tweets on Hams 360. So, Rick, we have our, our ears open, and we're going to listen up to this week's bad tweet. Before I get to the bad tweet, I'm going to I'm going to read up. I thought it was funny. This was this happened um, during the Devils game. Uh, both Galchaniak and Dave, David Aranay, as we know, were, were, didn't play in that game. They were injured. Luke uh, on Twitter, Habs, uh, Habfan999 says, how the hell does David Aranay still have the most power play time, even though he's injured, LOL? 
I, I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> and, and if Tarion could make it happen, he would. Uh, well done. Really well done. Uh, for the... Uh, for the dumb tweet of the week, uh, we're going to go to the mainstream media here. And uh, from La Presse, it's uh, Richard Labbe. Um, he, he tweets, easy to hate on Deherney, but that team can't overcome his loss long term, just like it can't overcome Galchenyuk's. Oh, my goodness. Um, <laughs> that is just purely delusional if you're putting Deherney in the same category as, as Galchenyuk. If 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 Dernay's, uh injury had happened in isolation, would we be? Would there be this talk of panic? Would there be this talk of of uh, how are the Canadians going to get through it? Would there be this talk of having to make a big trade to replace Dernay? I'm sorry, uh, Richard. That's just that is that is silly. That's a that's a bad tweet of the week. Unless he meant, like, the only thing that I can think of is, it does he mean a combination of both of them? But if that's what he meant, he did a poor job uh, uh, writing it down. It's the only explanation I could figure out. Because like you mentioned, if it was only David Diagne, you know, we wouldn't be here. Maybe we'll do an hour special on David Diagne and uh, how happy <laughs> we are about it. And maybe Rick would be the host <laughs> for that specific episode. But I don't think we would be talking about uh, trades to uh, to replace uh, David Erne. So, yeah, so that was a, a pretty bad tweet. Coming up for the Canadians are on a four-game homestand. It starts off, well, it started off uh, Thursday against the New Jersey Devils, but it continues against the Colorado Avalanche, the Boston Bruins, and the uh, San Jose Sharks. A rare Friday night home game for the Montreal Canadiens next Friday uh, I'm talking about regular season game at least. I don't remember when the last time that has happened for the Montreal Canadiens. Tremendous show, Chris. It went by quickly as always, and big thanks to uh, our our fans and followers out there. Uh, love interacting with you always on all Habs. And yes, the Habs 360 podcast is the most informative and interactive podcast you'll find. My name is Chris G at Chris G1980. And we'll be back again next Saturday at 2 p.m. Eastern. Hopefully we'll be talking about Montreal Canadiens wins and maybe not a little less of David Dagnan. See you next week, 2 Eastern. See ya. For the latest news on the Montreal Canadiens, follow us on Twitter at Habs360 and visit allhabs.net.